This episode of the Nobody Guide to Life is part of a special series called Hosting the Hosts. Our guests in this series are podcast and radio hosts who are gracious enough to have me on their shows to talk about the Nobody Bible and the concept of nobody. They all have interesting shows and stories of their own, and I've asked them to share them with you. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development, and your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plosker. Thank you for joining us. You can always find out more at thenobodyguidetolife.com, or you can check us out at Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View, or you can join our Facebook group, Simple Spirituality. If you like what you hear on the show, we'd welcome a subscription or a review. It really helps, and we really, really appreciate it. I remember growing up, the word coach that meant that meant the person who showed up at pe class or carried the whistle and the clipboard for the football team but times change and today that word coach has taken on a life of its own it's more than sports coach can refer to a person who partners with you to help you realize your potential your goals to make a career transition maximize your creativity tap into your spirituality or so many other things. You've probably seen the word on a business card or a book, and you probably have questions. And my guest today is the perfect person to ask. Luke Iorio is a dad, a spouse, an entrepreneur, a conscious growth strategist, coach, blogger, podcaster, a wide-angled observer, an enthusiastic participant in the game of life. And he seeks to ask and answer what's truly possible. Luke became the president of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, or IPEC Coaching, at age 32, and has since graduated more than 11,000 coaches, leaders, athletes, and professionals across 44 countries, all of whom share his vision and desire for expanding our human potential and creating lasting conscious change. Luke's been quoted all over, including the Huffington Post and Fox Business, and now he's taken to the airwaves with his wonderful, wonderful podcast, one idea away and he's here today and i'm so happy to have him welcome to the show luke jay thanks for uh thanks for having me here i've been looking forward to having this conversation with you for a while yeah i for my listeners luke had me on his show one idea away and it was just wonderful go check out that podcast he's got some really really amazing folks on there and it's just it's just a fantastic podcast so luke on on your show you asked me my favorite 80s song now come on i gotta ask you the same question favorite 80s song i would i would probably have to go with glory days Ooh, actually good choice yeah yeah because i i mean uh, i think the thing about bruce and not only I, I am from New Jersey, so I'm a little <laughs> biased here. I will put that out there. Uh, but it's the stories that he tells through his songs. Right. And to me, Glory Days is just one of those fun, bittersweet kind of songs uh, that just stirs you up. And I don't know. Every time I hear it, I, I, I know so much of what's been connected to that song for me through the years. And I, as a fan of mindfulness, you really have to love that song because yeah. – don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on the past. <laughs> you got it. What a great, great, great choice. So, Luke, what is a coach? How do you think of coaches and coaching? Uh, first thing is I, I absolutely loved where you, you began in some of the intro because when I found this field, and it's now coming up on 15 years ago, uh, it was just purely through happenstance. It was I received an email that was kind of requesting some information from me as a consultant. I saw coaching at the end of the website, at the end of the URL. And I clicked on it fully expecting that I would see something about sports coaching because I grew up playing baseball and basketball mm. and all these sports. And so I thought I was, I thought this was going to be pretty <laughs> cool. It'd be a great company to, to consult for. 
had no idea what I was getting myself. <laughs> and so, uh, and that's how most people, most people think of or have heard about this term coaching is they just don't have a frame of reference other than something right. like that. And so uh, very early on, coaching was re- originally thought of as almost similar to a stagecoach, meaning how do you get from point A to point right. B? And a coach was somebody who would help facilitate you through that process. And the very early days of coaching were very much like that. It was, it was uh, sequentially driven, meaning what are the steps? How do we think out the actions and how do we move you forward in that regard? However, coaching has become a significantly more sophisticated over the course of, I'd say the last 20 to 25 years of its maturity process. And that's for a number of reasons. The two probably most important right now to me, uh, one is, is where we've been a pioneer and a forerunner in. The second is something that we've incorporated through the years. The first is that a, a real coach, this coaching process, first and foremost, it's facilitative. So it is completely about you and your agenda as the client. It's a recognition that you as the client, you may not always realize it at that moment, but you actually have so much of the insight and the wisdom and the answers that you're looking right. for. And it's usually about clearing away that which you know is clouding your vision, clouding your perspective or clouding your perception from you seeing what it is that you really already truly right. know and then helping you build the confidence and the clarity and everything else around it. So as part of that, one of the things that we've done and been a pioneer in is really the way that we approach it from a, a standpoint of human understanding, a human consciousness framework. So that what many people don't realize is that the actions that we take, a lot of the behaviors that we have, even a lot of the choices that we make, they come from us operating under a, a default condition, a way we've been programmed to see the world, react to the world, and all the experiences that we've had up until now kind of force our choices. And we don't even really realize how that all right. works. And so a consciousness-based approach really helps people reverse engineer that process to say, well, if this is the result that I want, these are the actions that correspond with getting that type of result. Now let's work backwards and figure out, well, what are the feelings that create those actions and infuse them with the type of action you need to take? What are the thoughts and perceptions that fuel those feelings? And what are the beliefs, the desires, all of the things that actually lay below your level of thinking that are actually going to create your reality and create the way you operate in life? That's that's really the type of approach and understanding of philosophy that goes into the methodology that we use from a, a facilitative coaching process. Uh, the second part of which is really emerged over the last 20 years, almost in parallel with the maturing of the coaching process, the coaching industry has been the uh, positive psychology right. movement. Uh, positive psychology coming from you know uh, Martin Seligman making an extraordinary speech uh, in front of the you know the the American uh, Psychologist Association. And basically announcing we've got to do our model differently. We've got to approach it from not just what gets people back to a state of functioning or health, but how can we bring about optimal living and positive psychology? Uh, and I, you know, having the good fortune to work with some brilliant individuals. One of our partners is Tal Ben Shahar at the Happiness Studies Academy, brilliant Harvard professor. He likes to think of it as positive psychology is kind of the science of coaching. And That's so a lot of the reasons why coaching works, positive psychology is catching up to and saying, yeah, in fact, it works. Here's why it works, and here's the demonstrable evidence of why it works. So, okay, there's so much packed in there about that takes us, like you said, into these ideas of consciousness, into positivity, mm-hmm. happiness, clearing the clouds mm-hmm. away. I can hear so many echoes in there of, of Buddhism mm-hmm. and so many of these ancient traditions coming through. And there's sure. so much in there that's rich. How does that look? For somebody listening who may not know where to start, yeah. there are so many choices out there for finding a coach. If somebody wants to team up with an IPEC-trained coach, how does that process look? What does it look like? Right. So to, kind of two parts of it. First is when you think about coaching and coming to it, let's start there, and then we'll talk about a co- you know, getting a coach, as it were, right. a second. 
one of the things that we really want to you know consider for ourselves is number one what is sort of that issue that we are trying to work ourselves through right, right now and what's the surface level of that and what's probably a little bit underneath it and some of this you'll do on your own some of this you'll need to maybe sit down for a complimentary session or you know consultation as it were to to understand but you want to think about if it's if it's okay my career you know my career path right now is unfulfilling for me and it's something that i'm struggling with now is it the particular work is it the organization right. is it the relationships with the organization is it because it doesn't feed off of your strengths? Did you used to have energy for it, but you no longer have energy for it? So it helps a little bit to think about what, what you're really hoping for out of this relationship with a coach. So part of it's the issue and part of it's the result that you desire. Right. And that result is both tangible and emotional. Uh, you know, that's, that's part of this process. And so uh, that's one side of it is to just have a good context for what you think it may be and what you think you may want to work on. That may change through the coaching process or even the, uh, the consultation as you may go through, that initial session you may go through. Um, but it will help you start out with something in mind of where you want to go and why you want to go. It will also help you start to do the second part, which is that coaches, while there are coaches that are kind of the expert generalists that are out there, more often than not, you're going to go to a coach with some form of specialty. And so there are career coaches, there's relationship coaches, there's well-being coaches, there's fitness coaches, there's, uh, you know, leadership and, and, and uh, corporate leaders, uh, performance coaches, there's all sorts of different coaches that are out there. And that's because of not only the coach training that they've received, but it also blends their unique experience that they're bringing into the coaching process. And it also blends any additional specialized training that they have. And so you typically want to be able to match yourself with a coach that number one has a bit of that matching to, to the particular things that you're working through. And then number two, you also want to look at both in yourself and the person you're working with. You want to look for rapport. I mean, as simple as that, right. you, I mean, it's, it, I know it sounds maybe on the basic side, but at the end of the day, when you have a little bit more rapport, you're going to be more open. You're going to have a little more trust. And that's really important for the coaching process. Um, because you're going to get stretched. It's, it, it's inevitable. You know, it's part of a coach's job is to help you figure out, what are the edges of your comfort zone and how can we get you to blow right through them? Right. Um, and that's, you know, and that's not just stretching mentally or physically, that could be emotionally and spiritually and all sorts of things. It's going to stretch right. you um, because you're doing new things. And that's, that's a natural part of the process. So, you know, when people are connected with an IPEC coach, uh, very often, honestly, they go through uh, our directory um, because we've, we've got a directory that hosts our, our certified coaches. It's actually off of our one ideal way website, uh, one idealway.com and just look for coaching directory as, as one of the options. And that'll give you a chance to read and learn about their backgrounds and who they are and what they specialize in. But I honestly, even, even with an IPEC coach, I always recommend that you at least sit down with a minimum of two. And if you have the time to sit down with three people to really see who it is that you have the best rapport and, and, and resonate with most deeply. As a former social work counselor, mm. I, something you said in there really resonated and it's something I really want to emphasize here mm -hmm. is the idea of rapport yeah. because we can translate that also as trust yes. because building, building initial rapport is the gateway to trust. And if you don't feel like your coach is someone that you can open up with and be truly authentic and honest with, yes. you're basically just frittering away everybody's time. You and I, I think that's really yeah. something so because it's about making that initial investment. Do you find that that rapport building and trust is, is a difficult issue for the people you work with for your clients? Or do you find that if they find that right fit, they can jump that hurdle? I would say more often than not, it's something that they can jump that first hurdle. Um, and I think that's, again, it's a few fold. Number one is 
being being very mindful, being in, intentional in your process and know that you're looking for a certain degree of fit with that coach. Um, and I do actually, I want to clarify that as well, because you're, you're looking for rapport, but rapport doesn't mean it it means something around comfort level that allows you to be open and trusting. It mm. does not mean that you're so comfortable with them because you think that they're going to make it easy on you. Right. right. There should, uh, yes. you should, you Good should, point. right. You should feel like I trust this person, even though they may push me a bit. <laughs> um, right. and so you do, you do want to have that kind of aspirational feel to that, that, uh, the other part, though, that I do find is that even if even if you go shorter through that process, uh, one of two things. Number one, another way of finding coaches is to ask a few people around you that you think may be on to personal growth, professional growth or otherwise, because chances are they've worked with a coach or they know somebody that's worked with a coach. And then you can get some referrals. Right. And that's always a great thing, too. And honestly, that's part of what coaches are that to me, one of the best coaches in the world, especially early on in that process is going to indicate where they think there is and isn't fit with a potential client. Mm. And and you right. can feel the the genuineness, the authenticity of the way that they do that. So if you feel like they're, you know, they're trying to en enroll you into a program or something like that, they may not be a great fit for you. If you're if it's based on excitement or inspiration or something great, then you're, you know, that's part of where you want to be. But otherwise it should feel like it's the right thing to do for you. And there should be that dynamic and you should feel that that's a very authentic genuine connection with the person that you're sitting down with. How does this process differ from therapy or mm -hmm. consulting or, or does it? How, what, what, how, where it does, does a coach sit in that process? Sure, sure. Well, from, you know, from therapy, I think, and, and this is a little bit more on the traditional lines because I do think there's a lot that's evolving in therapy, uh, especially because of positive psychology and things like that. Right. However, um, traditionally speaking, most of therapy is there very specifically to treat some form of uh, of of a well-being or health-related type of a health-related type of issue, mental illness type of issue, where there is something that is causing some form of either dysfunction, uh, something that is causing uh, this individual to truly be significantly held back in a particular area or many areas of their life so much that it is creating dysfunction within that life in some right. capacity. So a therapeutic intervention is going to be based off of diagnosis. It's going to be more clinical. And it is a specific line of health treatment to get that person back to being well. And it's right. very critically important. Uh, it's absolutely needed by, you know, in, in many, many different instances within this world, but it's there for a different purpose than coaching. Coaching is much more of kind of what happens then. And it's more on that, that positive psychology kind of orientation as well, which is that this is about optimal living. So there isn't anything there that particularly is creating a real true dysfunction with the, with the individual. It's something that just something is off. Something isn't the same. Something's not as exciting. The person maybe is doing well, but they're, they're not totally fulfilled or satisfied with their life. They might even be doing good, but they're not doing great. So we're talking about optimizing the life that you have. It's, you know, so many people that we speak to that are out there, and I've even seen research on this very recently, of that one of the greatest concerns that's out there right now is that people believe that they are significantly under uh, performing against their potential and they have no idea what to do about it. Right, right. That's coaching. That's right. The, that's the land of coaching. And, and that's really where, where we most often play. Now, just the one distinction from consulting to coaching, uh, consulting more than anything else is you're going to somebody with a very specific set of, of uh, knowledge, expertise, so that they can turn around and say, here's exactly the problem you're having. Here's the exact steps that you're going to take. Here's the way that we're going to do it. And this is the way that we're going to oversee the implementation of that. 
So it's a very directive type of process as opposed to something that's going to be much more driven based off of who you are, your unique values, your unique strengths, your unique answers to what it is that's, that's going to solve whatever it is that you're going through at this time. So it, it kind of flips where the uh, expertise and the importance lies with the consultant for fixing an issue with a coach, their expertise is in the process because the expertise we want to draw out is within the client. This hits on being yeah. in the moment, yeah. but partnering in the moment. And that's sort of the theme I'm taking away from your description yes. is we don't dwell too much in the past. Right. We don't jump too forward into the future. We sit here together in the now and we hold each other accountable mm -hmm. for what we're going to achieve together as a, as a partnership. Is, is that sort of where you're yeah. going? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's, it's a great way to be able to describe it because it's that partnership that really does give the tremendous power to the coaching relationship and process. Uh, when you, you know, and, and there's even, there's even background. I, I actually just did a, a really interesting uh, live cast. It was actually redistributed through the podcast uh, with Tal Ben-Shahar on the impact that community and being in connection and being a community with people has on us. And one of the things that I had not heard until he shared this with me is that the more that people are in connection and community, their creativity grows. And the hmm. reason why their creativity grows is they feel safe. Interesting. So if you've got a relationship that allows you to feel safe so that you can challenge your own boundaries without feeling like you're being judged, so you can think with, and at the same time feel accepted, even though you don't really know where you're going yet. Right. And so when you, when you get into that, that realm where you can be truly open with yourself, let alone a partner, and sort through and have somebody who can help you sort through what's coming up, so that you can really draw out of you, yes, this is what is completely congruent and in alignment for me. That's when we come into our potential. That's when our creativity and our gifts start to rise up in completely different capacity. But it begins with the coaching partnership. It begins with the relationship that's right there at the core of it. I think we brought up on your show, I, I can't remember if it was your show, but somebody, some podcasters have asked me about the, the, the greatest piece of wisdom that I've received. And I, I shared that it was that the world is a mirror. And this mm -hmm. idea of mm -hmm. mirroring seems to be yeah. very powerful in what you're saying, because sometimes people will say, well, what do I need a coach for? You know, I journal, which is amazing. Or what do I need a coach for? I do meditation, which is amazing. But yeah. sometimes what we need, and this, this can go across consulting, therapy yeah. and coaching. Sometimes we need a blank screen. Now, certainly, certainly a blank screen is, is a state of aspiration. Nobody's really a right. blank screen, but striving for objectivity having someone yes. sit with you and play the role of, did you hear what you just said? Now I'm going to yes. take you back to what you just said. Yes. And we're going to work through that Re idea of reflective listening. How powerful yes. is that tool in what you do? Oh, that's, I, I think that's a wonderful way of saying it uh, in terms of reflective listening, because when we don't, we don't really truly hear what we say. We don't right. always, <laughs> we don't hear the inconsistencies or the tonality or the energy or the emotion and, you know, the, it, because we're, we're already, we're living around and walking around in our own movie. So right. we don't usually step out of it and look at ourselves as a character in the movie. Right. And the job of a coach is one, to be somebody who's sitting in the audience, helping the characters start to understand who they actually are. And then number two, inviting you out of your own movie. Right. So that you can sit next to the coach and look back up at your life and go, oh, wow, I didn't realize I do that. <laughs> 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 I didn't see that before. I didn't realize. And so that's, that's one way of thinking about that process. And so reflective listening is part of it. Um, very deep, powerful, empowering type of questions uh, that, that can do everything from completely open your mind to a new perspective or possibility you never would have considered before, 
or for it to even challenge the premise of how you've approached things in the past. Mm -hmm. Because so much of what we get within our lives, as an example, is presupposed. Right. We, you know, it's, it's if we believe that something is going to be hard and that that's somewhere within our language, and we don't realize that we're talking about this hard work and our nose to the grindstone and everything else, well, guess how we're going to feel about it when the time comes to actually do that activity or that role. Right. And so there's so much that we presuppose. And so it's extracting all of those types of things through questions, reflective listening, a variety of different techniques and tools, uh, different ways of helping the client to be able to reflect and, and recognize some of this for themselves uh, in their own processing. Uh, it's different, different types of techniques that help people process through uh, logically, emotionally, even intuitively through some of the challenges that they might be facing, as well as some of the aspirations and dreams that they're really looking to step into. Right. And it can take the practices that you do to another level. So if, if yes. you're having things come up for you in meditation or you even yes. if you keep yes. the most the most detailed journal, there's mm -hmm. a piece here that's really important to talk about. And it's a, it's the idea of accountability. So yep. we can identify for ourselves all the places we think we need to work. But then we put the journal down or we hang up the phone with our friend and we move on with our day. But a coach can be that accountability partner. You know, mm -hmm. hey, um, remember that thing you said to me yesterday? I just want to check in. And it doesn't allow you to forget about all the wonderful things that you're uncovering about yourself. And I, I think that sounds, that sounds like it, it goes with that partnership. And it can go beyond what a friend can do. Because sometimes friends don't want to hold us accountable. <laughs> friends never want to hold us accountable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, I, I go through this with, with, you know, my own good friends and colleagues and everything else. That's not what we want to do for each other. That's not the, the relationship that we're looking to have right. with friends right. or with parents or with kids or with, with certainly don't do it with your spouse. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, <laughs> but it's, it is, it's, and it's the reason for it is it's not just the accountability, but it's the objectivity that you were talking about before right. as well. Right. And so some of it is that we are going to be more accountable to somebody who is arm's length for us. Yes. We also know that part of the reason why we're going to be held accountable is they're, they're not going to put up with our story, our right. excuses about why <laughs> this didn't get done or I didn't feel like it this day. And, you know, they're going to hold us and, and even hold that mirror, like you said before, up to us for us to see those types of patterns. Right. Uh, so it, 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 it creates a very, very different type of dynamic. And it is, it's a very different relationship for that reason. I want to ask you how... And, and I mean, of course, you don't have to answer this. It's, it's okay. But I, I'm curious to know how coaching has benefited you. What, mm -hmm. How have you walked through that fiery road of being held accountable and the, <laughs> facing that objective mirror and, and, and really engaging a process that you're so close to? So we, we have, what, seven hours for this interview? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> About 10 um, more minutes. In, okay. So the, the real short version. Um, I think my, my first exposure to coaching was not in the, the type of coaching that, that we're describing here per se, right. but I was really, really fortunate that in when I was growing up, I was a very reserved, very shy child. I was basically a wallflower. And interestingly, the, you, you mentioned and used your description of that fiery, et cetera. Uh, part of that was because my, my house burned to the ground when I was five. And I really? became very quiet. Yeah, and I became very quiet. I became very reserved. I became very uh, drawn into myself. And I, I, that was my modus operandi. And I became a wallflower through, you know, all the way through my adolescence and, and, you know, moving off into college. But I was really fortunate because I had had a father who had studied personal development for 30 or 40 years. Wow. And so when I went off to college, I was introduced to people like Napoleon Hill 
and Ogmandino mm. and Dale Carnegie. And it was just books that my right. father would give me. And, uh, and I just started reading them and it started kind of opening me up to this other possibility. So I didn't know that that would, that would kind of prime me for my interest in coaching many years later, right. uh, but it did get me interested in the idea of human potential and psychology and, and motivation and things like that. Uh, anyway, fast forward years later, um, interestingly enough, what, what led me to make a lot of changes in my life, which led me to coaching and, and ultimately joining IPAC, uh, was that 20 some odd years after I'd experienced the house fire, uh, I was standing uh, outside of Hoboken Terminal across the Hudson River on 9-11 and, wow. watching, the and watching the towers go down. Um, it was on, on every level that I can't even describe. Uh, it fundamentally changed and opened me up. Uh, I can't say opened me up. It broke me open. Wow. Um, and it reconnected me and reopened me to an emotional part of who I am and an intuitive part of who I am. Uh, because I literally could not hold it back anymore. I mean, I, I, I literally that night, having seen and gone through some of the things that, that unfolded that day, uh, I found myself in a church just on my knees crying for hours. Wow. Uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And that actually led to a series of choices that led me to coaching. And it was several years later before this all started to make sense, but it was through the coaching process that not only I became more adept and performed better and do the, you know, the typical uh, type A type things that we usually would think of. Right. It introduced me to how to process my emotions and, and understand how our emotions are something that are part of the beauty and the fuel of life. Yes. Not something that creates weakness, not something to be held back, not something to be dismissed. Uh, once I started to do that, my intuition opened up to a completely different level, uh, meaning that I, I started flooding in different creativity and innovation and ideas that not only helped the business, but it helped my relationships. It helped my life at home. It helps me with my kids. Um, and so it connected me, and I guess the, the really the way I can talk about it today is it connected me more to who I truly am, to my true self. Right. And I feel like I'm, because of coaching and because of what I now know and all of the things I've integrated within that framework, I feel like I'm more in alignment, more congruent to who I truly am today than I ever could have hoped to be otherwise. And the only reason to me for that is I've had some extraordinary circumstances at different times, but if I didn't have a conscious way of processing that, and if I didn't have certain coaches along the way as well as part of my journey of, of these last 15 years in coaching, I never would have been able to understand or see or reflect or act within the world the way that I do today. Wow. I can hear when you talk about your role at IPEC and what you do. I, I can just hear how much you want to share that with others. You mentioned to me that you do challenges. How do you do that? What does a challenge look like? So taking your powerful sure. story and your passion for coaching what does a challenge do to bring people around to that idea so there's there's the professional side of what we do which is training coaches and then there's kind of the personal mission side of what it is we do which is bringing a lot of this knowledge out to anybody that wants it that, that it's not for a professional endeavor it's just for your own personal benefit and growth right and one of the ways we do that is what you're describing which are these challenges one of the things that we're running right now as an example um is called the 10 days to connection challenge and it's 10 consecutive days of very specific exercises that start to re-anchor us to connect to ourselves once more. Meaning, how is it that we clear away the mental clutter? How is it that we detox the things that, that give us stress within our emotions and within our heart? And how do we see through that and clear through that to such a degree that we start to really truly hear the, that, that clear inner voice start to come back through again? Right. And this challenge is just meant to be a very simple way, five, 10 minutes a day, to be able to connect through these types of exercises and practices 
and see the experience that it opens you up to. Hmm. And it's very coaching oriented and it, it also is very simple and, and tactic, uh, um, uh, practice based. So there's just little simple tactics and steps to follow along with that opens us up. And honestly, the reason why we're doing it is not only is it simple and accessible to introduce people to what's possible, but I honestly, I think it's one of the biggest issues that we face out right out there right now is I think that we're at a epidemic level of disconnection. Right. And I mean that in terms of disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from each other and disconnected from whatever it is that we believe is larger than us, whether that's from a spiritual standpoint or humanity standpoint, we don't have the same level of connection to those different areas within our lives, ourselves, others, and something larger that we used to have. Right. And you can see that bearing out symptomatically across our, our entire globe right now. And so this is one of the ways that we can use the knowledge that we have to just give people just a little bit of an experience to see what it's like to connect once again more deeply to who you are and just see what that opens up for you. Wow. I think that's great. You have links to that at ipeccoaching.com? Actually, it's, it's, that's part of our One Idea Away uh, website. So if you actually just go to oneideaaway forward slash connect. Right. So just oneideaaway.com forward slash connect. That's actually where they can get all the details. Okay. All right. So here it comes then. This has been quite a conversation. <laughs> so what's a tip or tool from your experience all these years as a coach and as a client of coaching? Mm -hmm. What can you offer our listeners that they can use right now as soon as this podcast ends on their journey of mm -hmm. spiritual and personal growth and personal development? What can you offer to them right now? One of the, the first and simplest personal practices born from coaching that I learned was called the best three things. Okay. Okay. And so the best three things simply means that when you go into your day, keep track of what are the, the good things, the, the best things that are happening to you over the course of that, that, that day, whether work day, personal day or otherwise. And then at the end of the day, figure out which were the top three things. What were the best three things that happened? If you do that, and this is actually now, which I'm pleased to say it took many years before the research was done. This is now research that if you do this for even just 21 days, the, you know, the, the habit forming 21 days as it were, it actually affects your baseline level of happiness because you go into, you now start to go into every day looking for the good things. Interesting. You're, lo you're looking for what's going well for you, what's going right for you. And that starts to rewire our nervous system. It starts to rewire our perceptions. So it can be as simple as write down the best three things that happen to you each day. And if four or five or six great things happen to you that day, at the end of the day, still figure out what were the top three. And it will change the way that you begin to experience your, your, your days, your weeks, your months. Wow. So what's one of your top three today? And it doesn't, well, have, certainly to, it doesn't have to be this interview. I, I, will, I, but I, I, will, I will say that, that on the list would certainly be this interview. And the reason why is you, you, the work that you're doing, uh, J.A., to, to introduce people to this, you know, the, the Nobody Bible and the, the, this everyday type of spirituality, uh, I think that's so much, you know, even what I talk about in terms of connection is it gives people that chance of how do we bring the things that we really truly care about, the things that we really truly believe, but how do we use that on a practical level, an everyday pragmatic level? And I just really appreciate being here with you to be able to share what I get to share. I mean, this is my favorite stuff in the world to talk about, obviously. Uh, I not I enjoy that. And for you to create the type of space that you do to be able to do that, as well as your own messages and your own work, uh, I think is extraordinary. So to be part of that, that's easy. This is definitely one of those things. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And to my listeners, again, Luke's show, I have no... I don't, I'm not an investor in IPEC coaching. I just, <laughs> Luke had me on his show and, and his passion 
is just really quite extraordinary. And so thank you so much, so much, so much, Luke, for being here with us today. I didn't have a podcast when I was on your show and I knew the moment I launched, you were going to be there. So just thank you so much. Much appreciated. So, so happy to be here. Even if you're not a sports fanatic, you can still benefit from a coach. If you think that path may be for you, like Luke said, investigate, ask questions. This is an accountability partner. Ask them questions. Hold the coach accountable. So important. Find a coach you click with. See how it can work for you. But most of all, no matter where you are on the road to your dreams, never, never give up. You never know when you're one day away, one action away, or as Luke might say, one idea away from seeing your dreams become reality. You can find out more about IPEC Coaching at www.ipeccoaching.com and the amazing podcast at www.oneideaaway.com. The links and the links to that challenge will be in our show notes at thenobodyguidetolife.com. And remember, you can always find out more about what we're doing at thenobodyguidetolife.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View, or join the Facebook community, Simple Spirituality. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please consider a review or a subscription. We really appreciate it. It really helps keep practicing and have a good week.